somehow you've managed to remain fresh, vital, interesting. And uh, even when you write a sequel, as Be Cool is, a sequel to Get Shorty, it's still exciting and interesting. What's, what's, what's your secret to that? Well, uh, first of all, I enjoy doing it. it. Writing a book is the most satisfying thing I can think of doing. And uh, what I do is I try to keep up what's going on in the world, what's, what's current in, uh, you know, in, in, uh, in, uh, today, in, in today's world, what, what's fashionable, what's, uh, what people are talking about, what's, uh, the, the music business, you know, so I think it's a good example, mm-hmm. uh, get shorty, uh, the movie business, because everybody goes to the movies. Right. And then it just seemed that, uh, the music business was, uh, the next, a good next step. Mm-hmm. Talk a little bit about uh, your feelings about the music business, the movie business. On the one hand, you, you, you write uh, particularly Get Shorty and uh, Be Cool, which, which take place in that milieu. You, you poke fun of it, and yet you have a certain reverence for it, I think. I, yeah, I think that's a good way to put it, because uh, I think it, 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 uh, it's easy to make fun of mm-hmm. the movie business that... that the fact that good movies are made, I think, despite the fact that it, it's so hard uh, to do it because there's so many people involved. There are so many different opinions and attitudes and ideas that are suggested for any movie that's made. It's rare that the, that the filmmaker uh, can get the backing to do his own thing, to, to uh, produce it, write it, and direct it, mm-hmm. you know, like Quentin Tarantino. Right. Uh, I'm, I'm fortunate in that he has acquired uh, four of mine, that he's done one. Uh, I've been lucky lately that uh, my my books have, have uh, fallen into the hands of, of people who who I respect and who make the kind of pictures that, that I like. And, and I suppose it comes full circle because that really is a function of the nature of your books and the fact that they are current and that they are hip and that, that they are up to date in terms of what's going on, what you said a little bit earlier. Yeah. Talk a little bit about uh, some of the other places you've set some of your books besides Hollywood, uh, particularly Detroit and Miami, two uh, very gritty places where you've set uh, a bunch of your work. Yeah. Well, I, I, I've been going to my, uh, the South Florida for the, for the last uh, nearly 50 years, and, and I've seen changes taking place there. And I like the, the mix of people in South Florida. Uh, another one I, I, I set in Atlantic City to casino, the, the casino world, gambling. Uh, New Orleans, I set a book there because uh, I was born there. Um, and, and so many are set in Detroit simply because I live there. You know, if I lived right. in Buffalo, then I'd set them in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Oh, but Detroit was, I think, especially when I started to write books set in Detroit, it was, it was known as the murder capital. So that had a certain uh, uh, bit of color to add to the, of the setting. Well, let's talk about the murder capital, and let's talk about the crime aspect, the seedy side, the underworld that you frequently write about. I think it was uh, Kinky Friedman writing in the New York Times recently and reviewing Be Cool talked about your work straddling this line between fiction and nonfiction. Where does all of that knowledge about that underworld come from? Well, I always do a lot of research. For example, even uh, in Be Cool, my researcher had been living in 
Florida, and he moved to Los Angeles to get closer to the music business. Well, then I started to write the book, and he called me up one day and said, uh, you know, there's a lot of Russian mob activity here in, uh, in Los Angeles, particularly in um, West Hollywood. Uh, what do you think? Would I be interested? And I said, sure, get me some of the facts. What's going on? And he did, and I saw a way to use some of the Russian activity, mob, mob activity, in a subplot for mm -hmm. Be Cool. And that's, that's, that's what happens. He'll come up with something and, uh, that uh, maybe I can use it, maybe I can't. Or he'll, or he'll supply information along one line, something maybe about, uh, for example, for uh, out of sight, about middleweight fighters. Uh, and, and he gives me a sheet of uh, newspaper about a particular fighter that I'm interested in. Then I see something else at the bottom of the page that, uh, that, I, that I see that I can use to make it even more interesting. Talk about the juxtaposition of crime and, and this underworld that we're talking about and, and, and the seediness that populates much of your work, along with a pretty healthy dose of humor. Well, uh, I, I, crime is, is popular, you know? You look at best, any bestseller list, and you'll see, I'll bet half of them have to do with mystery, crime, thriller, suspense. Um, crime fiction is, is, is popular because um, you know there's going to be a conclusion. There's a beginning, a middle, and an end, and 99% of the times, the good guy is going to win, and the, uh, the reader is satisfied. Um, I don't follow a particular uh, outline in that, I mean, that is, I didn't come out of, say, the, uh, the Hammett Chandler School, and I don't write the classic mystery story. So uh, I get, my favorite kind of character is a guy who's kind of on the fence. You're not sure if he's, uh, he may have a criminal background, but he's, essentially a nice guy, but he still has that capability of, of uh, committing a crime. You're never sure. Like, Chili Palmer is the perfect, for me, the perfect kind of character. He has that background, uh, having been uh, connected to it with a mob in, uh, in uh, Brooklyn. And then he was a loan shark in... Uh, in uh, Florida, and he right. knows money, and he knows how to talk, and so he just kind of walks into the movie business and gets shorty and feels right at home. There's also an, an interracial aspect to much of your work. Is that intentional? And, and talk about that. Well, I like I like to to use the characters, black characters, Hispanic characters. Um, I want to get different sounds in my book. The 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 dialogue is what. Mo moves my stories along. I don't, uh, I don't write my books from my voice or my point of view. I always write from the character's point of view. And I want to be, the reader to be able to distinguish between the characters and what they sound like. And uh, that's why I, I, uh, I do. Talk about those voices and that dialogue. And it is certainly one of the things that, that, that makes your novels particularly wonderful. That, that the characters do have such remarkable dialogue. Talk about where that comes from, where you find those voices. Well, uh, just the, the fact that I know I'm going to move my story in scenes and that all the information 
is going to come through dialogue, not all of it, most of the information is going to come through dialogue, then uh, uh, I, I just make it a point to, uh, I, since I know I'm going to use that, I think I just pay attention more. Uh, I listen. I don't eavesdrop. I don't hang out. But I've been, you know, I'm old enough that I've been <laughs> around a while, and uh, I used to hang out, you might say. You know, and I know what people, what the different sounds are. Or I might get something from a documentary on television. Uh, I just notice little things. Not so much slang as it is the... Uh, the uh, the rhythms of speech that, that I'm aware of. Do you think that it is more important to move the story along using dialogue in a literary form or in a cinematic form? Well, it has to be, of course, in a cinematic form and visual, too. Uh, I use it in a literary form simply because I think it's, it's a lot more interesting to get the sounds of the, of the characters to stay in their world than it is for to, to to hear it from from my point of view, my particular voice, because I'm not the classic omniscient author. I can't write. I'm well. I could. I could write in that style, in that style. But uh, my my style is more showing what's going on than telling. One of the things that is part and parcel to the story of Get Shorty and and, and also in Be Cool is this notion that in Hollywood, be it in the movie business or the music business, that essentially you're only as good as your last work. I mean, you've sort of transcended that as an author. Tell me how you relate to that notion, though. Well, uh, you, you, you hear that, that you're only as good as your last work, and yet uh, there are a lot of bad movies, and, there are, and, there are, and the producers of those uh, movies continue to, to uh, make more movies. Uh, what's good and what's bad, uh, it's, it's a question of uh, how much money does it make. I mean, it can be a very bad movie, but it makes a, if it makes $100 million, then you're, you're, you're all set. You're going to get another uh, production underway without any trouble. Talk about how you came to focus on, on crime writing and, and stories with these eclectic mixes of characters. Well, I started out in, uh, with Western back in the 50s, simply because the market was so good, uh, you could sell westerns practically everywhere. I mean, the better magazines, Saturday Evening Post and Colliers, then you could come down through men's magazines and pulp magazines. Well, then, once that market dropped, and I liked uh, western movies a lot at that time, and I wanted to sell to the movies, but once that market dried up, the westerns, because there were so many on television by the end of the 50s, um, I switched over to uh, the crime genre simply because it was another good market. You know, you could. I want to sell. My my purpose was to sell while I was learning how to write, and I was able to do that by by uh, aiming at markets that were uh, where there was there there was great opportunity. You've written over thirty five books now. What is it that inspires you each time? What is it that, that you lock into first? Is it is it the character? Is it somebody like Chili Palmer, or is it the story? Yeah, it's always the character. In this in this in the case of Be Cool, it was simple because now I'm going to do a sequel, uh, and it's very obviously uh, aimed at the movies. I've got Chili Palmer, or Out of Sight, 
I saw a picture of a photograph in the newspaper of a woman federal marshal in front of a, let's see, it was the Miami Federal Courthouse. She's standing there with a shotgun on her hip. And uh, this was a, a photo that I saw years ago, maybe now eight years ago. But I remember thinking, that's a, that's a book. She's a book. And then I waited, though. I didn't, I didn't uh, develop that character right away. Then I got the idea of, of, uh, of a, a professional bank robber, uh, not just a crackhead who runs in to uh, you know, get a few bucks, but a guy who, who, this is his career. He's a bank robber. And so I thought, well, what if I put the two together? What would happen? That's how Out of Sight came about. In terms of Be Cool and its predecessor, Get Shorty, what do you see as, as primary differences between the movie business and the music business? Well, uh, I don't know. As far as the artists are concerned, as far as actors and performers, uh, I think it's about the same. It's as difficult to get into one as it is the other. I have the feeling that there are more uh, unsavory characters or uh, uh, maybe even out-and-out crooks in the, movie, in the music business right. than there are in the movie business. That's why when I started to research the music business and historically found uh, uh, independent uh, promoters and uh, uh, having had ties to the mafia or, or uh, would like you to think that they have ties to the, to the mafia, the ones who are promoting the books, uh, the books, the the music, the records, selling the records. Uh, I I thought, well, this is perfect because Chili Palmer could even run into some old friends. Somebody uh, once said that that the primary difference between the music business and the movie business is that at least the movie business required a certain ability to read or a certain degree of literacy, which was not part and parcel of the music business at all. Well, that's what I that's what I hear that 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 uh, that the people who uh, who are running the record companies don't necessarily know one uh, type of music from another, but I, I think that may be just as true in the in the movie business that uh, there are so many people in it who are simply anxious to make a lot of money. Are there areas in the crime world or the underworld areas that uh, you have not written about that you're still looking forward to to mining as a new territory? Um, I don't know. I haven't. Uh, I haven't come across it. I'm, I'm thinking right now about uh, insurance fraud for the next book, but, I'm, but uh, I'm starting with a character, and I see a character, a woman, who has been involved in insurance fraud and, and who is in prison, or has just come out of prison when the book starts, and she wants to get into stand-up comedy and using prison experience for her material. So that's the way I start a book. I start with the character, and let's see where we go from there. Of all of the books that you've written that uh, haven't been turned into movies yet, which one would you like to see? Which one of your books would you still like to see as a movie, Elmer? Uh, there's one, let's see, it was about three books ago, Riding the Rap. That hasn't uh, been acquired by anyone yet, and I think, that, I think that would make a good movie. And what is it about that that, that you would like to see up on the screen? Uh, it's based on... It's kind of a kidnap situation, except that uh, uh, the idea, the one who is, who is doing the kidnapping, 
uh, it's, it was based on the, uh, host, the Beirut hostages, where you take uh, someone and uh, uh, blindfold them and tie them up and then just let them sit for a while. And then after, uh, oh, maybe a week or so, you, uh, someone says to them, you can get out of this. It's always someone with a lot of money. Tell us how uh, we can, you can give us two or three million dollars, whatever the, whatever the amount is, uh, how you can get that to us without anyone knowing about it. And if we like the idea, we'll let you go. And if we don't like the idea, you're dead. And that's, that was, that's the crime in it. And the character in it is uh, uh, Raylan Givens, who is in another book of mine, Pronto, who is a federal marshal, who I liked a lot. Talk about the violence in your books and whether or not you see it as, as real or kind of caricatured violence sometimes. Well, it's always unexpected. Um, I like to surprise the reader, and I don't think my violence is particularly violent for that matter. Usually just it's not much more than uh, he shot him. Uh, in, in Be Cool, Billy Palmer doesn't lay a hand on anyone. He talks his way out of situation. Why did you make that decision? Well, I decided I, w- I was going to see if I could do it that way. Uh, he's somewhat uh, active violently and in, in gets short. He's not too bad. He just punches out one guy and throws him down the stairway in a restaurant one time. But uh, otherwise, I don't think there's that much violence in it. Talk about your home. Talk about Detroit and uh, why you've stayed loyal to Detroit and what, what, what you gain is or what you get as a writer from, from staying grounded there? Uh, I've been in Detroit since I was nine years old. Uh, we moved, uh, I was born in New Orleans. We lived in Oklahoma City, Dallas, Memphis. By the time, uh, and I've, so I've been in Detroit ever since. Went to the University of Detroit after the service. I was in the Navy. And it's it's where I live. It's my hometown now, and uh, where my friends are, where my family is. I have five children and uh, ten grandchildren, and all except one son live within a mile and a half of. Them. They come over during the summer. They'll come over and uh, on weekends, you know, to uh, swim, play tennis. So it's it's very very it's a very comfortable place to live. Coming up with these characters, developing these stories, is it still as exciting for you now as it was 34 books ago? Yes, it is. It is. I, I, I can maintain my interest in what's going on. I, once I get into a book, I, I immerse myself in it. I lose myself in what's going on. Uh, I become all of the characters. And uh, it's, it's just a lot of fun. It, it's, uh, it's work. No, I no, I don't. I don't call it work. I call, I call screenwriting work, but not book writing. Out. What that, I mean to say is that it's not it's not easy, but still, it's so worthwhile. Now, why is screenwriting more work than book writing? Well, I think my, mainly because you're an employee, to begin with, and you have to listen to uh, all kinds of suggestions, and not many of which make any, make any sense or work. <laughs> So when you're when you're doing the book, it's just you. When you're you, doing you have the book, please. you're the only one right. uh, you have to please, assuming that your editor likes you, and mine does. So if if I'm happy with what I'm doing, the way the story is developing, then uh, I'm all set. I want to come back and and talk about some of your early days. You started out. I didn't realize this writing western novels. 
Tell us a little bit about those. Well, I started out with westerns. I chose that because of the wonderful market for westerns in the 50s. With all the pulps, well, not all, but at least a dozen pulps still uh, being published, and then the men's magazines, and then uh, Saturday Evening Post and uh, Collier's, uh, the market was just wide open. And I thought, that's the that's the area in which to learn how to write. Started writing westerns and sold uh, uh, one right away, and that was it. I was on my way. And then when the westerns folded because of all the westerns on TV, then I switched to crime. And the crime genre has been strong. I was thinking about this relative to, to the change from the westerns to the crime. The crime genre has been strong through a lot of social upheaval and social changes in this country. It continues to be strong. Yeah, Ed, Ed McBain and I were on, uh, I think it was the Today Show or, or the other one, uh, uh, about 10 years ago. And uh, we were asked to what do we attribute the resurgence of the interest in crime fiction. And we thought it was all, always a, a big seller. No, we didn't notice any uh, difference. And do you think that now, given the sort of the, the changes that we keep hearing about in, in the social fabric in the country and everything else, do you think that that's going to have any impact? Does it have any impact on the way you think about this stuff? It, not at all on mine. Mm-hmm. No, no, I... I don't get into terrorists anyway, mm-hmm. so and I wouldn't touch nine uh, eleven. Right, but just in terms of the way people view crimes and the way they view heroes more than anything else. Yeah, well, look, look at uh, uh, Black Hawk Down. Three weeks in a right. row, it's been the number one uh, picture. You know, and this, and this is all action here. It's not a, a situation that we can say we were victorious, and yet everybody's going to see it. Talk a little bit about your heroes, because many of them could, could go either way. I mean, they, they sort of flirt with both sides of the law. Well, that's I, I feel that this is the best kind of a lead character to have, one who perhaps has done a little prison time, one who has been a burglar or something, and, and now he's going straight. And it, But he's an ordinary guy. He's not really a, a seasoned professional criminal. But even even my my uh, when I do a cop, he's he's uh, not he's not the the best cop in the precinct either. He's an ordinary guy, and they get into situations where um, that I hope that the reader can can uh, sympathize with the guy or can and can understand. I try to show the human side of all my characters to bring them to life that I have kind of an affection for all of them, or I feel sorry for them, or I, or I think the poor the bad guy is uh, stupid more than anything else. You've talked about, I know, that in many, many of your books, many of your stories, that you start off from the point of view of this is a character you want to create, and, and the story evolves from that. That's right. In, um, I will begin with, well, Tisha Mingo started out with a high diver, because I thought, well, a guy who dives off the top of an 80-foot ladder a couple of times a day, and uh, he attracts women, and uh, he's kind of a daredevil. This could be a good character. Uh, then I begin to I, I think of a setting, and I begin to assemble uh, other characters, a situation like the uh, I became interested in Civil War battle reenactments, wondered if I could work him into one of those, began reading about the Dixie Mafia, brought a guy down, a gangster down from Detroit, and uh, 
there they are. Now, what happened? So I'll get about 100 pages into the book, and I begin to see then a plot develop. But the character comes out of the, I mean, the plot comes out of the characters, how they uh, deal with each other. Are there any characters that you created that you were fond of them at the beginning and you really grew to dislike them during the course of one of your books? Well, I like I like all my characters. There are se- several that I can do again, would like to do again, like Chili Palmer, who mm-hmm. was in Get Shorty. Is it harder to go back and do another novel with a, with a continuing character after it's already been a movie? I mean, is it harder to do a Chili Palmer book now, given that, that people have a perception of him from the movie? Yeah, I wondered about that when I wrote Be Cool, if I, was, if I would be able to do it. And I had no trouble at all picturing uh, John Travolta in the, in the part, not at all. What are some of the things, as you travel around the country, some of, some of the areas, some of the places that fascinate you, that you want to write about, that you haven't had a chance to yet? Where, where do you think interesting stuff is going on in the country now? Well, it's not that it's so interesting to anyone but me. Um, I just wrote a novella, which will be part of my second book for HarperCollins, which will be just a collection of short fiction. And I set it in Oklahoma, in, in uh, Okmulgee, Oklahoma. And my next book, I want to take this character's, it, it's a contemporary story, I want to take his grandfather, who was a, a federal lawman who, who was a marshal, uh, a famous marshal in Oklahoma in the 30s. I want to do the 30s because I lived in Oklahoma in the 30s. I lived in Dallas. I lived in Memphis when all, all these desperados were robbing banks, Bonnie and Clyde, Machine Gun Kelly, and so on. And I want to do that now directly rather than just simply uh, may pr- refer to it from time to time. Because it, it made an impression on me. I know it did in that uh, that period uh, between five and ten years old. Elmore Leonard, I thank you so much for spending time with us this morning. I really appreciate it. Yes, yeah, thank you.